Check. How's that? Check, look? check. Yeah, it looks good. We're okay. good. Might come in hot a little bit, but Okay. We can uh we have a little lovely thing here, don't we? We do. Maybe one day we'll know what we're doing. Maybe we'll just get an engineer at some point. I would say hopefully when we have the studio, it comes with an engineer who's like, I actually know sound stuff. And we go, oh, thank God. We, we have don't. a bigger board in the middle of the two inputs we have now. No, I want him to use the same board. But Oh, that's great. That's, yes. That's what I love. Have you ever seen the video of Kanye's Runaway on t- when he does Runaway on tour? Uh, no. So it's a classic video you guys should find on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He goes out on stage and there's just like a controller box. Mm-hmm. But besides my laptop. Yeah. And you know how I... Runaway starts, right? Mm-hmm. With the piano keys. Yeah. And literally, so he's just, he comes in, there's nothing like he's still with mask on, yeah, so mm-hmm. he's still like the mask on. Yeah. And he just like does the ding, ding, ding. and people are just losing ding. their shit, and like he'll press it and like jump back. Be like, yeah. Ah. yeah. Well, that's the same with um, My Comical Romance with uh, Black Brave, when they just do the, the D note, and it's just like, dun. Oh, yeah. Everyone, like, people know just that enough, which I think. Like it actually is people like scientists have been like it's like been proven just like if you play that one specific D on a piano people will be like that's my couple choruses Black Parade some music major and some biology major was like alright we have to get together and mm-hmm. figure this one out and a neuroscience yeah. major too I don't like, want to work on my major you don't want to work on your major let's all make one of our majors and we together. all like really really punk bands in the early 2000s yeah. we'll just do this Coming to you live from the second bedroom of Shane's apartment this is the Shane and Scuba Steve podcast Or podcast. Oh, hey man, they're, they're gonna be touring again. My Comical Romance. Are they really? Yeah, they did a like, revival show, show like last month. Oh wow! Sold out like, immediately. People were losing their mind, and they did like I only saw clips because there's only yep. like, people on phones, but it, they did phenomenal. And I they, mean, I would say most of their fans now have the disposable income. To buy tickets. Yes, because now they're all in their 20s. They're no yep. longer middle school kids. Well, if you look at the cycle, Fall Out Boy came back in a big way. I would say yes and no, just because I don't know if Fall like, I'm not a big Fall Out Boy fan, but I don't know if they really ever left. I feel like they were always kind of in the periphery of people's like, oh yeah, Fall Out Boy. They have a hit every once in a while. Yeah. They had that one that, um, like, you know, uh, My Song's No Eat in the Dark, that was like a big hit Well, for that NFL. whole album was great. Yes. Actually, sorry. Yes. 100%. They had that, like, to ride him up, up, up. I saw so many NFL commercials, and I'm like, do these guys actually like that Fall Out Boy is the song that's playing with them? Someone, I was at, like, at an event recently, someone said that basically Fall Boy just became stadium songs. And like that's how they returned them. Like, yeah. They returned as like, we'll just be the songs you hear at like stadiums, like big events. Yeah. And I was like, that's not a bad way to make a living. No. Like, that, that's like um, artists who do Christmas songs. Like, oh, Mariah Carey making like $20 million yeah. off. Uh, All I love Christmas is yeah. you. Like I saw some interview with Paul McCartney where he's like, it's really nice. Like, you know. You know, the holidays I do all my shopping, and then like on the twenty third, I get a check from simply having, and it's just like, oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. Covers my shopping every year. Yeah. I'm not trying to say I had a great Paul McCartney impression, but I will say I think mine was better than yours. That's totally fine. I don't do impressions. I don't do impressions really either, except like when I I feel I do a far better job with impressions when I'm weighing them than mm. when I am asked to try an impression. I can't tell you how many times we're like. I can do a Christopher Lee impression. Be like, that was really good. But then when you're like, do a Christopher Lee impression, I'm like, I can't. No, you're too inside your own head immediately. Exactly. The second someone tells you to do something, you're like, no. Do what? That's how no. at work. It's like, all right, can you uh, can you do this real quick? And I'm like, do 
Let me do what? You want yeah. to click this mouse thing? Mm. That sounds mm. horrible. Yeah, that sounds like a no-go for me, sir. Yeah. Sorry. What's it? You're my CEO? Yeah, right. I deserve it. Yeah. But I'll, I'll figure it out. Yes. Eventually. 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 That's the motto. Classic word. The motto of the Shane and Scuba Steve show. Eventually. Eventually. Although one of my 2020 goals is written down because... Yeah, it has to be written mm-hmm. down apparently for it to be a goal these days. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, is to get us on iTunes. Yeah, ooh, that's a good yeah, goal. Yeah, it's a big goal for our show. I'm laughing because it's like your New Year's resolution is something for more than yourself. But my <laughs> resolution is like, I just want to be in better shape. I just want to not. I mean, that's mine too. I'm literally mentally calculating if I go to the gym after this. Oh, I'm not going to go to push ups. I'm just going to. My goal is to just do push ups every single day at home. Okay. Every day. If I can just, st- even for the, I know if I can do it for the first month. Then it'll be at that point. It's a habit, and then it's not going to be an issue. I just want to start doing push-ups. So it's funny to so the thirty-day thing because I literally was telling myself this morning, I was like, if I just go for thirty days, like consistently to the gym, like I was going to be good for me. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. I was like, but to motivate, I was like, I'll buy a like a new pair of running sneakers. Like yeah. that's it. If I go to the gym and consistently thirty days, like an hour and a, to an hour and a half each time, yeah, I'll buy a new pair of running sneakers. And that's yeah. like, all right, you did it. Here are your sneakers. Like keep going. Yeah. Or I don't know, burn the sneakers. Like mm-hmm. I. I have no positive reinforcement beyond 30 days, which is no, a metaphor for my life, but yeah. it's fine. No, I know that feeling. Yep. Because it's the new year, this recording. It is now yeah. 2020. Our first episode of 2020. Welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's not great. much has changed. No, not much. Put up a poster in our studio. It's also my living room. It's a vintage 2014 FIFA World Cup Brazil poster. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you. It's all nice pops of color because mm-hmm. everything else in here is white, mm-hmm. including my furniture. Mm-hmm. And the people that live here. Yes, the per- yeah. 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 2020. Wow, we're in the future. It's crazy that we lived in, uh, what is this, three decades now or four decades? 90s. The, no, no, this is four decades. We're going into our fourth decade. Yeah, and we're only, what, uh, in our mid to late 20s, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. Yeah. We're technically in the past, or we're already in the future of the original Blade Runner. Yeah. Because the original Blade right. Runner takes place in like November of 2019. And you know, all we got out of that was the Cybertruck. Yep, we got the Cybertruck. That was it. It's nice. It is nice. Can't wait to buy two of them. Oh, okay, you're going to buy two of them. Yeah, one so I can break the window on it, and the other one so I can just drive it around. Immediately at the dealership, I'll smash the first window mm-hmm. and hope for the best and take the second one and leave. Mm-hmm. It's actually, I read, I haven't watched the music video, but it's in Travis Scott's new music video. <sighs> The Cybertruck and the Cyber ATV. Oh my god, you know how much I care for Travis Scott. I can't believe I... Do you? S- no. Not at all? Not, well not... Well, okay, I guess, yes, not at all. But like, if I saw Travis Scott hanging from a cliff and said, please help me, I'd give him... I wouldn't be like, no Travis well, Scott. Well, you're just a kind person. Like, it's not like you'd just be yeah. like, meh. Well, exactly. That, that's how I want you to know how I feel about Travis Scott. If I saw him in trouble, I'd help. But like... If he were to be like, don't you like my music? I'd go, I don't actually know any of your songs. Do you think he'd play it for you then, or do you think he'd, he'd just like let you walk away? It depends on my attitude. Okay. I think I feel, you know me pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'm usually a pretty easygoing guy. For the most part. I feel like I'd make a good enough joke around the situation that he'd be like, you know what, I'll talk to him, man. You don't know my music? No worries. But I feel if I were just like, nah, I don't know your music, he'd be like, hold up. And he's like, have one of his posse. He'd be like, play it. And I'm like, oh, well, now I have to listen to it. Cool. The entire album. Both of them. Yeah, all just of them. on a phone. Mixtapes too. too. It'd be great. Like, just listen off the phone. Here's my Sony Xperia from 2007. Will you listen yeah. to it on this? No, you can't use my headphones. I don't want your ear gunk. Touch my ear gunk. All right. I got this Bluetooth speaker from uh, Kmart. Hold on. Hey, I got a CVS Bluetooth speaker. It honestly works amazing. I don't doubt. Like, it's, technology at this point is like, I think most stuff just rebadged with different labels. Mm-hmm. But 
that's me. You know, and that little thing nugget you just mentioned, I, I will be talking about later. Okay. One of our topics, um, which maybe go into the topic right now, if if you're ready to go into a topic. Uh, I was gonna say one thing about the Travis Scott. No, please go into Travis. Before we jump into our first uh, segment. No, yes, please. Well, this is our first segment, the Travis Scott segment. This Travis Scott segment. So Uh, the one thing I'd say about that is I'm a fan of his music. uh I'm obliged to say that. Yep. The one thing that really turned the corner on me for like viewing him as a person is his Netflix documentary. Yep. Incredibly humbling to who he is, but also how rabid his fans are Mm -hmm. of his music. And how they feel he connects with them oh, through okay. the music. So you have like, excuse me, it's cold and flu season around here. Get your flu shots, people. He the documentary goes through like and it interviews all these fans from his concerts and they talk about how like individually it all connects with them differently. And you know, this kid from this scene and that kid from this group like the off thing come together over his music because he's this crazy like amazing performer. Like his shows are like spectacles because he's jumping around the stage like screaming, yelling, mm-hmm. like bringing people up. There is one interesting fact I know about that know about him until the documentary was he was arrested for inciting a riot at his own show. Ah. So he was I wanna say it was Southern State and he told everyone to like come to the front. Yep. And like encourage people to like clear out and come up to the front of the stage and like I guess people are getting trampled, someone shoved a security guard. Mm-hmm. And so he ended his set and his team is like, You're going to be arrested. Like, please make your way to the backstage, you are going to be arrested. And he's like, What well, why? Like, oh, you're inciting a riot. Like, a police officer or security guard fell over and got, like, broke his leg. So, Ooh. immediately the rest of that, I was like, that's, like, so crazy to me. But also, at the same time, it makes complete sense. Yeah. But the like, the entire documentary goes through how, like, his fans love it. He's like, a really good person across the board. Mm-hmm. I recommend the documentary if you're, like, even if you don't like his music too much, just to see a performer and entertainer at that level. Uh-huh. It's interesting. And where can I watch this uh, documentary? Oh, on Netflix. I can watch this on Netflix. You can okay. watch it on Netflix. Right, how how old is this documentary, by the way? Oh, less than six months. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I want to say August it came out. All right. I like my documentary to be very topical and uh, up to date. I don't like to watch an old documentary. Ever, yeah, like an old, like when you're in high school and they were like, here's a documentary from 1997. You're yeah. like, nothing, everything's changed. Yeah. We found the Titanic by now. Like, come on. All right. You know what? I always like to make sure to check the phone book before I... Oh, you got to check a phone book? I haven't looked at a phone book since the 90s myself. I stopped looking at them when they first came out. I don't know if I ever used a phone book correctly. I think the only time I ever looked in a phone book was like to find the pizza shop in town's phone yeah. number. And that was like the first time I was like, I'm going to order pizza myself. Do you ever 411? Nope. Yeah. Dial 411 and you tell the operator what you wanted and they no. like send you or they connect you or send you the link. I did send uh, text messages to KGB, the knowledge uh, gathering yep. bureau, whatever that was. <laughs> but I remember doing that like twice. And like then my parents were like, we got to charge for like two bucks for text messages, two separate texts that cost two bucks each. I was like, okay, I'll never do it again. Yeah. That or my favorite was I had one of those phones that would be early search on the internet and like you click the button and then it'd be like, connect the internet and be like, no, no. And then you'd like, cl- like flip phones, you'd like clamp it shut yeah. and then you'd be like, oh, and you'd be like, open it slowly, like, did it work? It would give you options for internet. It'd be like, do you want AOL or do you want Microsoft? And you're like, oh, I didn't even know those were options. Like, do you want to play games? And you'd be like, yeah, games, games, games. And they'd be like, Logging into the internet now, and you like, can't afford this luxury. Uh, uh-uh, uh, sorry. This is too much data to play Snake. Yeah. I uh, anecdotally, um, before I went to Italy one time, I, my dad gave me a phone. I was talking about myself, and he was like, "Here's a phone. Like, it has an email on it, so you can like email us and your friends and stay in touch." And he goes, "Like, don't download any games immediately." And I was at my grandma's house, like saying goodbye, and I like, was in the bathroom on my phone on the new phone, and I was like, 
Oh, I got Madden for this. And I was like... Madden on a phone. Download. Oh, my God. Madden on a dual sliding Pantech phone. Ugh. All right. You, everyone has to remember this because you could slide it up to number pad, close it, open it the other way, and type with it. Uh. It had Excel on it, too. I don't know why, but it had Excel. Just thinking it's on the right formulas, apparently, on the plane, but... Uh, Mad never worked, folks. If that's, no, that's it, the crux of this here, is uh, the game lied to me. Not shocked by that. No, not yeah. at all. So we'll do our first segment. Uh, it was going to be Star Wars. I thought it would be the first segment. We're you just talking about product placement. Well, no, because it, you talk about technology, and like I have a little tidbit that I feel t- goes into Star Wars. Okay, like that it, it, for a reasoning of people's reactions, I, I had an explanation that involved kind of technology to a degree. Okay, um, let's go. Well. I, wasn't going to jump right into that. We saw Star Wars last week. We saw Star Wars. And just quick before we even go further, spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen Star Wars. We will be discussing spoilers and a lot about it. But this is the the end of the Skywalker saga. It really is. Yes. I hope. This is the ninth film in the Skywalker saga. to close it out. Now any Star Wars movie will be completely new. Something... I've heard rumors. Ooh, I'm listening. Uh, it's going to be the Jar Jar Legacy next. Oh, the Jar Jar Triple Trilogy? Yeah. Oh, finally. Simply nine movies all about Jar Jar and his clan. Misa, I think this isn't going to work out. Great, great impression. There. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad you're off the cuff. Uh, yeah. Jar Jar is still good. But yeah, great movie. Great movie. A lot of fan service. ton of fan service. Lots of fan service. Tons of like forced bullshit. See, I never have a problem with anything that relates to the Force when they want to make a decision on how you can use it. Because, one, we don't know how it's supposed to work. Because it's something that kind of... It's supposed to be like a Force within life itself. And two, it's movies. So I never yeah. get upset when they're like, the Force can do this. And people are like, why? It's like, it can. Well, it's like, alright, we've got nine movies now. Mm-hmm. Over 40 years, yes. right? Come on. Like, the Force can't be your, like, 40-year-long plot device of, like, this is magic. That is true. There are definitely, and we'll, we get, we'll discuss it, there are definitely some problems with like, how they there use the Force. Yes, Liberties is a good way to use it, but I think every exaggerated or over-the-top use they use in this movie still, to me, always has, like, one foot in the door of, like, Yo. no, it makes sense. I, I know where they, like, I know where they came from to get that, get there. Yeah. I, it wasn't just, like, this isn't a spoiler, but it's not like they used the force, and it's like, oh, you want food? Boom, force. It, it never <laughs> the force will it. feed. Exactly. Well, and actually, technically, probably, they could use that to feed, but anyway, but it's like, it never is something super outlandish that it's like, how, wait, what do you mean? that The force can't do that. To me, there's always, like, some logic behind it. Yep. But, so this is the conclusion of it all, and this brings back Palpatine. Palpatine, or Palpatine, Palpatine, Palpatine. Palpatine? Palpatine. Paul Boyle. Paul Blart Palpatine. Um, But yes, it brings him back. Emperor Paul Blart routine. Which, this movie is definitely a very big reaction to The Last Jedi. Yep. There are a lot of things in this movie that were done because of what happened in Last Jedi that were just like, alright, we need to try and make up for this or uh, justify it. Which I think that's where the its biggest problems in this movie come from. Yep. Which also then stems from Disney's overarching not having a story going into these three movies. They definitely were like, we're going to do the first one, we're going to do the second one, we're going to do the third. Instead of being like, here's all three, yeah, bring a director, and he can do his little like, ooh, uh, this scene and that scene, but we need these things to happen. You can definitely feel it very much in this movie. 
Force Awakens is definitely a great little like intro to this to welcome back to the universe, but also yep. starting up this story. Last Jedi takes a lot of liberties and tells its own personal story, which definitely. I enjoyed. A lot of people have problems with, and I can understand the problems with it. Mm-hmm. But this movie then becomes more like okay. The second one didn't do anything to push the story really further. It pushed our characters and only some of the characters forward. Yep. This needs to push all the characters forward and the story and wrap, wrap up, up 40 years worth of narrative, which is tough to do. Are you saying the Porgs weren't important? The Porgs weren't important enough in The Rise of Skywalker. They should not. They should have had, I would say, at least two conversations where like, they're determining, what do we do with the galaxy? What do we, the Porgs, do? That would have been great if that's how it ended. It was just like a Porg rises up. And mm-hmm. It's just like, it is me. Yeah. I, I, I am him. I am the one pulling the strings, for I am a Porg. Yes. Um... Did you like that Palpatine came out attached to the life support, like, arm thing? I thought it was interesting. There's a, a theory that I heard, because, once again, we're going into spoilers, uh, for sure. At the beginning of the movie, you see uh, Palpatine has, like, a, a tank full of Snokes. You yep. learn, he's behind Snoke, he's behind everything that Kyle has been through. At one point, he even, like, mimics Snoke's voice, and he mimics Vader's voice to be, like... I've always been in charge. No matter anything that's happened, I wasn't pulling the strings. Yep. And you see him, and he's this, this this decrepit old man. But once again, we know from the ending of Return of the Jedi, he was thrown into the core of the Death Star, and he should have exploded. Yep. The theory that I heard was that that Palpatine that we saw die by Vader's hand in Return of the Jedi is a clone of Palpatine. And that the old decrepit uh... man that we see on the, on the planet, who's essentially our main antagonist of the, of the film, he's the original Palpatine. And he's made tons of clones, and they've he sent them out to do his bidding, and he's just been sitting on this rock for hundreds of years, just chilling, just chilling, being evil, waiting for an opportunity to be like, to be able to return to his life. Which there's nothing to back it up, but that at least to me kind of was like, okay, I can use that to move forward with the story. Yeah, definitely. Because otherwise, they never address how he then survived. Otherwise, so that to me was at least like, I'm going to go with this. Yep, tons of clones. Is, this one's been sitting on this robot arm for, for eternity. The other thing is, how would he have known to get to that place of the Sith, like locator beacon? Well, you could have. I always took that as just he knew where that was before the beacons, or he had the beacon. Oh, he made the beacons. Okay. Well, not even that he made the beacons. I had it that he knew where the beacons ones, and the one that Kylo found, I'm taking as like Palpatine hid hid that one. Okay. And the other beacon, actually, no, because he had the one. With the, See, here's, here's like a plot hole. Yeah. He had the one in the Death Star, too, so we had that one, that marker. So it's, there are lots of plot holes in this movie, <laughs> but the benefit that the movie uses is they keep everything moving. They you're, do. You're never really sitting long enough no. to like be like, hey, wait, that doesn't make sense. Before you, Once you get thinking there, you're running down a corridor, people are shooting blasters, and you're like, okay, this is cool. I don't care. Yeah, we're moving again. Like, on to the next thing. Which I think that's kind of why other people had a problem with this. Is that there's no time to sit and like think and talk about anything. I don't think they had the physical runtime to do that. No, which I'm kind of shocked because, I mean, I feel like this, this to me is when you're like, yeah, you want to do a three-hour Star Wars movie? Do a three-hour Star Wars movie. Like, people sat three and a half hours for The Irishman. Why wouldn't you do this 40-year-old saga and be like, give them three hours? <laughs> but if you give them three hours, then make it too much a wrap-up film. Do you then cram everything into three hours? And by that, I mean, you can definitely have some space in mm-hmm. that three hours that's not crammed. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're signaling to people, like, we're going to do a lot to wrap up like stuff from the last two mm-hmm. movies but also build our own narrative here I don't know I think three hours have been pushing it agree to disagree because to me once again it's like you know what 
because it, it's the final. If it were yeah. the middle movie, like, especially if it's like Force Awakens was crap and they use Last Jedi to fix all those problems, if that's a three-hour movie, you're like, you're just using this because you messed up the first one. Yeah, you're right. This, to me, is something that's like, no, you can use the three hours because there's so much backup history to this that it's like, you need the three hours, for me, at least personally, to be like, excuse me, to go through everything. Yep. But... There are definitely some plot holes in the movie. Like, uh, the one that really stuck with me immediately was they have this dagger that has Sith inscriptions on it, which, okay, cool, cool. Yep. But when they get to this planet where that the dagger was telling them to go to, there's like a hidden compartment on the knife. Then when you pull it out, it's like a puzzle piece that tells you where exactly to go. Yep. But, like, it's using wreckage from a, the Death Star. And I just remember being like, so wait, they... Was the knife? The knife's very old. We know. We know the yeah. knife is very old. So was the knife made after the Death Star collapsed, and then put that secret piece in, or was the knife made and then years later they're like, oh, we got to put this puzzle piece together. Oh, let's add this little piece to this knife so people can follow the puzzle. Ding, ding, it was like, a lot of. There's a lot of stuff in the movie like that that's just like, okay. Well, come to think about it, right? Yeah. Not to explain away this plot hole mm-hmm. or anything like that, but when you look at it. Mm-hmm. Like, alright, so the Death Star, like, it's still a sphere, like, all yeah. that stuff, but it still has those angles, but even if it crashes, it's like, okay, that's, like, the right place, so, like, if you look at it vertically, if it was still in space, you'd be like, alright, yeah. that's the, but then how do you know what side to go to? Yeah. It's a sphere, there's 360 mm-hmm. degrees in a yeah. sphere. And also, when they, when, once again, our heroes, they land on this planet, and they're told, and we, we're told the odds, our landing gear's broken, we had to do, like, a crash landing, which we don't see them crash, but they, they all survived. Yeah. And then they just walk up to the top of a hill to like look upon the area. They're in the perfect spot to use this puzzle piece with the knife. That was another thing. I'm like, oh wow, that's. But once again, it's one of those things where in Star Wars, it's like the Force. The Force yeah. guides you to where you need to be. There's just a lot of. <laughs> there's just a lot of things in the movie that like don't make sense, but they don't. They try to make work, but don't really like. Um, we're we give Poe a background story that like really. I was never thriving for. Yeah, it felt it felt unnecessary in the third movie. Like, well, what what I loved most was like at one point, like he, he like hot wires like a speeder. Yeah, and Finn's like, I didn't know how to do that. Which I'm just like, dude, you're in the you're in the resistance. Like, I don't think it's crazy that a really well known pilot knows how to hot wire like a speeder. I feel like that would be like he would be good with planes and whatnot. Like, yeah. He, but then the how you know it's like oh, I used to be a spice like runner. What? Which also they say that with such like seriousness that we the audience was like oh my god anyone that works with spices is like a bad person well I heard spice and I was like oh like K2 like I thought of it and I was like I'm just a terrible person Mm -hmm. that was raised in the 2000s that's the problem with me but and then we meet one of Poe's exes and they have a history that we don't really care for they just needed to have attention for sport I take it I can't believe you did that to me you betrayed me I'm sorry but will you work with us okay yeah which also I that's Carrie Russell in the movie, and all you see is her eyes for a moment. I would not be shocked if the, when you see her eyes is the only time she was actually in the suit, and the rest was a body double, and she just did VO later that day. Like, <laughs> and like her and JJ were just like, hey, do you want to see how little you can be in the movie, but make as much as possible? Yeah, sure, not a problem. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, I just need you one day to be in a cat, cat that suit. Sure, got it. I got a weekend. Cool. But I'll record everything on Sunday. It's fine. Exactly. But yeah. And then even, like, Finn. Like, he keeps being like, I need to tell you something, Ray never tells her. Yeah, we're well, that's, like, a, that's a funny scene though. So what are you gonna tell her? It's like it's a, the time's gone. It's exactly, like, time's we're, here, dude. <laughs> we're led to two possible ideas of what he was gonna tell her. Either a, I love you, yeah. which is kind of like the given, which naturally. But the other is then that he's force sensitive because uh, he like kind of he's like, oh, and you go there. How do you know? 
I, I have a feeling, which is like the force. But once again, it's like that's not really nothing's been really leading up to this. This yep. is kind of just like, hey, I'm force sensitive. It was a lot. I, I feel really bad for JJ. This was not an easy task to do to, do to like, wrap up the movie, to wrap up the movie, to wrap up the saga, to yep. make fans happy, to make Disney happy. I think making Disney happy is just money. Yes, well, like they're they, gonna make regardless. Exactly, they want to make the money, but they at the same time don't want something de- decisive. They want people to just like it. Mm-hmm. Which I'll admit, when I left this movie, liked it. I still do like it, but yep. I think the more I think about it, I'm just like, well, what am I? What, how does this work? I don't, I don't get that. There's stuff like that. But, Definitely uh, some interesting. I all right, we talked about this after the movie to jump a little bit. Mm-hmm. The the force fighting scenes. Their force bond between yeah. Kylo Ren and mm-hmm. probably I, Ray. Real quick, I will say one of my favorite things is that they continued on from the Last Jedi. I love yeah. that in the Last Jedi, and I'm glad they continued on with that. But I, like, I just think the whole like I'm gonna figure out where you are from like this rock. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, the, the Vader skull. She's on the ship. It's mm-hmm. like okay, like could use any other device to figure that one yeah. out. Like not device, like a physical thing. So like it's some mm-hmm. pop device or something yeah. like that. Like I felt they were good, but at the same time, like the it wasn't really all there for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely... Uh, the, the one through line for all the movies that I think did fantastic, that they did a great job, Kylo Ren. I think they yep. gave his... Less even his... More so his arc, I will say, but more just his story was very enjoyable. Adam Driver killed it in the yep. role. He put, Every time you had a scene with him, I was like, he's taking this seriously. He's putting everything he's got into this. Yep, definitely. And the character was interesting to watch. Ray, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Though I feel like between the movies, she kind of went from like, find myself, find myself, find myself. There was never really like, yeah, Ooh, like, who, what's this arc going to be? It's really just sort of like, who am I? I think the undertone of that is like, am I a Sith or a Jedi? Or yes. how do I, how do I relate to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been liking uh, John Boyega has been getting a lot of flack on Twitter the last couple of days because, yes, he has. Because he's been like, he's been like ripping the movie kind of apart, which yep. I will say, his character Finn had the worst treatment throughout this trilogy. The first movie, he's a stormtrooper that goes against the, his orders yep. and wants to be a good guy. And he learns something to fight for. And that's fighting for Rey to help save her. Second movie, he has to go to a casino to learn that war is bad, <laughs> even though he was a child soldier ripped from his home and forced into the First Order. Yep. So he needs to now learn... Oh, war's bad? I didn't realize that. I didn't realize war was rough. In no way. Yeah. And in the third movie, he's just kind of there. And he's like, he has something to tell Ray, but he doesn't have something to tell Ray. And it's just, I feel so bad for him because it's like, there's nothing we're going to do, but John Boyega's been giving people crap. Well, that's, he gave crap about, like, there was some scene about something. It's like, who she's going to end up with or something. Well, that's what he was giving crap because he, he was like, oh, like, you know, it's what people were upset or giving him attitude saying, like, you're just upset that like, you and Ray didn't end up together in the movies. And he goes, no, I'm not upset. Like, who cares about it? And then he showed photos with the tag, a Star Wars romance, and it's every time that Kylo and Rey are fighting and, like, screaming at each other. Yeah. And it's just like, that's a true romance when I look at it. You don't get it. And he goes, no, I think I do get it. That's not a romance. That's, like, a horrible relationship. Yeah. Which, it makes sense, because, like, no one knew what to do with Finn throughout this entire series. Like, No, he just kind of was, like, a Han Solo-style extra. Kind of. Yeah. In, but not even because like he never really has like the he's more of a goofier Han Solo and Han Solo is already kind of goofy yeah like it's just he, that scene when they're trapped on the this Sith ship rescuing Chewie mm-hmm. trying to rescue, rescue Chewie mm-hmm. he feels like a Han Solo-esque figure yeah but he just can't he just misses the mark repeatedly mm-hmm. yeah 
No, I feel that. And it's nothing against John Boyega, but it's just like it, the the series quickly moved from this ensemble cast, or more so just focusing on Ray and Finn, yep. to quickly just focusing on Ray and Kylo. Which I think they focused that they had to do that. Yeah. Which and, you know, people try and say, oh, it's the trio of uh, Poe, Finn, and Ray. Poe wasn't even supposed to be in it. He actually was supposed to die originally in that scene. Oh, really? But J.J. Abrams like was sitting down with Oscar Isaac, and he's like, you know what, this guy's like really cool. Like I want to use him. Like you know what, we'll bring you back. Like we'll have you in this yeah. scene, and then now we kind of have this trio, which they work. I feel they have all great chemistry, but it's one of those where it's just like, like really the connection is really between like Ray and Finn, and then Finn and Poe. There's like the po- the Poe and Ray connection is more just yeah. like bickering, which is like fun to watch. But it's like, I think I have a If anything, I thought it was funny. I thought they were going to be in a relationship in this movie. Like, at the very beginning, how they're talking, I'm like, are you guys at the end going to be like, I love you, by the way. But what about Finn? He understands. Something like that. But then, nope. It's in the corner. Nope. Then her and, spoiler, Ben kiss. And then she's like, okay. Then he dies. Then he dies. And Leia dies. Yep. Which, that was another tough thing to do. Carrie Fisher, they, I think they did the, the best with that that they could. I think they did. I was surprised that they kept her, like... Oh, that was all CGI, right? Everything they used of her was a body double using old clips from other... Like, the Force Awakened and The Last Jedi of cut stuff. Interesting. Or even reusing actual, like, clips. Like, okay. like the scene where her and Rey are hugging, that actually is the hug of her hugging Han during The Force Awakens. Like, it's just stuff like that, which... Props to him. Like, some people... Clearly they made a deep fake of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Well, actually, it was sidetrack. I saw this thing. It was from the Irishman. People did a deep fake over all of them. De Niro, Pesci, and Al Pacino. It makes... Watching it, I was like, this would be such a better movie. Because it made Robert De Niro look 30. Yeah. Instead of, like, this weird 90-year-old man with blue eyes instead. So they took 30-year-old Robert De Niro, like, they took, footage. Yeah, and deep faked it on top. I'm watching this and it's like a two minute clip on YouTube and I'm just like this is already so much like I was already more sucked into the movie yep. than I was with the actual Irishman but back to Star Wars I mean just I need to rewatch the Irishman but back to Star Wars yes uh, same well that's a tough one to do is, hey, let's three rewatch this three and a half hour movie it's a mini series at that point it is um, but yeah Star Wars I don't it, C-3PO the, C-3PO which this is probably the best he's been because he was funny yep. but not over the top funny. His jokes were like they were stupid, but they were like the right kind of stupid. And he gets his mind erased. He and he gets his mind erased, but then that's a problem. Is like it's a fake out. You're like, oh no, C three PO. He doesn't remember anything. Oh nope, he's got it. He's good. Everything's back. Yeah, normal. but Disney has to put the nice neat bow on everything. Exactly. It's the last movie, and that's where I think like you. So if we think about a cake, right? Mm-hmm. They've built this really well. Mm-hmm. Multi wedding cake style. Yep. Multi tiered three movies to top off the first six. They're kind of covering all their bases. They're bringing back the idea of Ben Solo. Mm-hmm. And Palpatine's still a figure, and now you have this idea that it might Palpatine might have been there the entire time, mm-hmm. just like slowly rotting away and wasting his life because of the clones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like the thick layer of fondant over the entire thing is fan service, yeah. to me at least. Mm-hmm. You have to like you're going to drape it over, and everyone's going to there's going to be a nice reunion for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like naturally, Leia is going to die. It's kind of how this has to go. Yeah. And everyone's happy. Yes. And then she becomes Skywalker, mm-hmm. Ray Skywalker. Yes. Lando was 100% pure fan service. Yeah. Why is he on this planet? He just happens to say, oh, Leia called me. He said, she said this is what's going to happen. Oh, you just happen to be on this random desert planet. Okay, interesting, Lando. Yep. And then, hey, you should come with us. Uh, my flying days are over. Okay. 
30 minutes later. later. Yeah, 30 minutes later. I'm here to fly. I thought you, you just said you're flying, David. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, but so the thing I wanted to talk about earlier that kind of connected with technology, yeah. a lot of people were saying this Star Wars and this entire trilogy, it doesn't feel like Star Wars. It doesn't okay. feel like what it's supposed to be. And I think that's because when the original one came out, was it 77, 78, something? I think it was either 76 to 78. Time out. And we're back. 78, 77. The movie changed how cinema is. It's yep. how we looked at movies. And this was the first, essentially, like, blockbuster. Something that you want to go see. you got to watch this in the movie theaters. And once again, technology, what we had at that time was, that was all breaking new technology of like how you could do a movie. Yep. We're at an age now where technology is kind of peaked. We can do tons of crazy new things with it, but yep. when they're this new thing, it's more so like, oh, we have a new lighting effect, so it adds more shadows and more depth. Or, oh, we can make water look better, yep. which not to knock anyone that designs that or does that's incredible work that really adds to movies. But we're at such a peak age now where the average moviegoer, their knowledge of how movies are made and how they're developed is so much different than someone that was back from the 70s. Agreed. So when you watch this movie, the reason why it doesn't have the same feel is because we know about it. We know, okay, we know that's all CGI. We know yeah. all that. While in the original movie, you're watching this, you're just like, oh my God, what are these? are crazy. And back then it was all models and mm -hmm. like practical effects. Yeah. And we're now like, you do have more CGI. I'm sure there's still practical effects. And they, they're still... they definitely did a fantastic job in this trilogy of like yeah. doing a great mix and match um the tiny little robot that wipes uh C-3PO's memory yep that's a puppet that wasn't CGI that was oh, a puppet yeah oh wow exactly tons of stuff like that that you wouldn't you don't She's notice a robot, but okay. puppet robot same thing yeah. but but like it's stuff like that that adds more to it but we're at an age now and also people are so cynical now these days yep. where you're watching you're just like that was your that's the CGI the character's not even there I don't care about the character so that's why when people were like, oh, this isn't Star Wars to me, I'm like, because that can't exist anymore. It's yeah. now just, they're just movies. Yeah, it's, it, the sci-fi genre across the board has to be like that. Now, you don't, I don't think it's like we're ever going to hit like another point. I'm sure we will. I'm sure there'll be some gimmick or some point that, we'll, that bunch of movie houses will use. To get, mm -hmm. Like 3D was like that huge thing for a while. Yeah. And then so was 3D TV. So everyone's like, oh, the movie theater experience at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no one has a 3D TV anymore. No if you way. have one, you're not using the glasses. You're just watching normal TV like the rest of us. Yeah. Same with, like, curved TVs. Curved TVs? I think they still sell them. They do, but I don't think that they won't be... Unless there's a big, like, someone does a study that's like, curved TVs are actually better for your eyes. And it's like, okay, they're staying. We're going with flat TVs. But there's such a disconnect now. So, like, that's why when I'm, I watch it, I don't think of a... I don't think of how I reacted the first time I watched A New Hope. Yeah, I'm just no. like, You can't, because it's not going to work. There won't be anything like Star Wars again until there's a new IP that just catches people that's like, oh, what is this? Yo. Which, that's kind of the problem with Star Wars. I think the benefit of something like The Mandalorian now is it can be a smaller scale, slower pace, mm -hmm. and you can kind of do a little bit more of like whatever you want. You're not constrained Definitely. to, it has to involve Jedis. It has to involve the dark, dark side. It has to be a battle of good and, hope, good and evil for the known galaxy. It can just be one dude and a baby and trying to do your best in a, a monster of the week type scenario and yep. that's I think that's now where Star Wars kind of has to be is more so just like let's flesh out the universe let's just keep let's start fresh like yeah. let's, let's get to when we're starting fresh yeah people are saying the next trilogy is supposedly going to be the Knights of the Old Republic which is like prior to everything that ever happened in okay. the prequels and all that which is definitely an interesting like idea yep. but there's just at the same time I'm just like okay cool 
Yeah. Like, all right. Like, oh, because more so because it'd be one of those scenarios if they do something like that, then it's just like, that's cool. But I now know when this is all done, this storyline afterwards is just going to be Darth Vader. Like, there'll be, it'll be that weird, like, where you watch a prequel, like, solo, which is far better than what people, I think, knock it to be. Yeah. But at the entire time, you're like, well, I know he's going to survive this castle run. I know Chewie's not going to die in this scene. Yeah. Oh, I know Lando. Yep, he's not leaving for good. We'll see him later. Like all these things. So it's like you lose. You set. can't keep doing prequels. You can't build upon like a. You, it's like a pyramid scheme at that exactly. point. You. Yeah. Prequels, I think, work far better as a series. If you do like a Disney Plus show where it's a prequel, that's great because then because yeah. then you can build the tension throughout the series and get us invested in the characters. Definitely. But if you try and give me a two and a half hour movie where it's like this is all takes place beforehand, I'll be like. Cool. Whatever. Well, speaking of prequels, in that same sense, you have that with the Black Widow movie coming out shortly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Prequel movie to Endgame or Infinity War, both technically, yep. and it's kind of left unsaid as of now how those two, how that movie will tie into mm-hmm. the future of the MCU. Yep. So in that same regard, like they're giving Black Widow a movie and that's awesome, but at the yep. same time, like they killed her off already. Mm-hmm. Also, spoiler: the movie came out last year. You should have yep. watched it by now. It. It doesn't seem prequel movies to me always are just like hmm, how are mm. you? Imagine a born identity prequel movie. To him, like in his days when he was a spy before he got his conscience and lost his memory. No, to like someone else. Like you know how they did Jeremy Renner after oh, him. Granted, yeah. did someone even before like Jason Bourne. They're mm-hmm. like, this guy's kind of good. Like he's like, yeah, exactly. It wouldn't really work. This is test one. Yeah, you don't want to see the chicks. You know, right, Jason Bourne comes out later and he's like amazing at what he does. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you have. Jerry Renner, who's like even better at what he does. Um, Aaron Cross was his name. Oh, in the movies? Yes. And actually, uh, I, I'll say, I actually really like Born Legacy. And that movie actually is Fish Tales with Born um, Supremacy. Really? Yeah. So, like, about the end of the first act in Born Legacy with Jerry Renner mm-hmm. is the very end of Born Supremacy. Okay. Because it's like, like, we just lost a Born in like, New York. And it's like, and the, like they even like call him for the horns in New York. It's like, oh, that's from this movie. Yeah, so, okay. So that to me, that's like a different, but the same aspect where it's just like, well, like I don't really care. Like I want to follow Jason Bourne. I don't really care for Aaron Cross. Who is this guy? Yeah. But the same with Star Wars. Like, okay, what do you do next? It's they're at a weird spot. Who knows what Star Wars is going to do next? They I probably don't... have some. They have enough canon and things like that to build off of. Plenty of things to do. Or they could just go one or two ways with it and only tie it back to the existing nine movies and mm-hmm. existing like IP in a certain way. Yep. I don't know. What are the Clone Wars series coming out, right? Uh, this, which will be a continuation to the original Clone series okay. that happened. Right. And I think it's I think that's coming out like probably April or May. Because yeah, I saw yeah. some commercial today that's like, here's what's coming in 2020 of Disney+. Plus. Speaking of Disney+, Plus 2020, WandaVision's coming in 2020. Yep, and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Unexpected well. coming out in 2020. I thought it, well I think they finally like announced it was coming out in 2020 which but I was, I was feeling it would be 2020 I'm excited for it so it's like kind of a horror type thing it's gonna be a little bit of everything because it's like it's a little bit of horror yeah. I think it's gonna be a little bit of like satire and comedy because like one of the promo images they are using is like Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany as like almost like a leave it the beaver type couple yeah 50s characters yeah. So yeah but that's kind of deals with a lot of what uh, Scarlet Witch does is like reality warping there's a great comic line called House of M where she just completely changes reality and makes it that instead of mutants or, or sorry instead of humans being the top uh, species it's mutants and how that reshapes everything mm-hmm. and that's a very interesting so it's going to do a lot of that but it's definitely that's a kooky thing Winter Soldier and Falcon are now there's photos that are leaking here and there I'm so excited for that movie or that series exactly same I'm pumped for that which is it's 
it seems like a weird that's another weird thing that we're now that these shows of movie characters that are coming out that we're pumped for well I think it's because they know that to wean everyone off mm-hmm. and start rebuilding another half of the universe with the Eternals and yep. things like that so they need to you need to have a come down period mm-hmm. and you, they, yeah. they need to wean us all off like these are the characters all the time like now they're in shows so you mm-hmm. can like get your like your kicks on that but also you have new yeah. properties coming out that will need your support long term exactly which the thing I was going to say this is now backtracking because you mentioned Black Widow prequel yep. that to me it seems like oh how does this fit into the narrative I think this is going to be big almost backdoor pilot for the side characters because okay. there's if they kill Taskmaster I'd be shocked because that's mm-hmm. such a great character that you could bring in anytime he could be a secondary villain in a different movie if you want to make him the main guy but I think this is going to be building up him and what's her name something Pew is her last name but she's like is playing Black Widow's like sister in the movie I think yeah. this is like really to introduce her so okay. that when she shows up in like Winter Soldier Falcon or any other movie later on we Got now it. have like okay here's who she is because otherwise you, you just do whatever movie she shows up first you go who what hey, you know Black Widow I don't this <laughs> exactly so final thoughts on Star Wars <laughs> after I just said something about Black Widow more porgs more porgs. Um, I agree with you. More porgs. There were porgs. We all celebrated in the theater. We did. I know. We all looked at each other. More porgs. Porgs. They made it. They did it. Yeah, finally. Um, good movie. Great movie. I, I just wish I just wish they had planned it all ahead of time. Yeah. Because you really you can just tell because it's the Snoke. Because because when Snoke got taken out, you could see like what are they doing now. Yeah, what's next? Because even though it's kind of set up that like Kylo is the main bad for all these films, mm-hmm. like, no, but who's pulling his, like, it just... <sighs> Alright, so how many medium Mr. Pib extras do you give it? Medium Mr. Pib extras? How many do I give? Um, Out of how many? Let's go out of ten. Out of ten? I give it seven. I give it seven medium Mr. Pibs. Okay, seven medium, okay. Yeah. I'll match you on that. I'll yeah. match you seven and a half, but... Yeah. And that's it. Really, only is knocked down just because I could feel while watching like they're just trying to like pick up the pieces. They gotta wrap things up. They're yeah. trying to put a bow. Yeah, exactly. Right. But it was still a fun movie. Definitely a fun movie. Yes. So you have fun movies. I saw Uncut Gems. Yes. Not a fun movie. We'll briefly talk about this. You haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it, but I really do want to see it. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. We just talked. We just had dinner. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Safety Brothers is a great movie. Uh-huh. Very visual. Very appealing. Even mm-hmm. the audio and the soundtrack. Very good. Yep. Um. I would say it's Oscar bait in a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's Oscar bait in the way that, like, the revenue was. So there's not. I'm trying to find the words to put this um, correctly. It's still a movie about like largesse and like it's frenetic and it's kind of a thriller, but mm-hmm. the stakes never feel that high. Yep. And then. Well, I would think, and this for me not seeing it, it's really just because the stakes are for, for one person, really. Yeah. They're following Adam Sandler's character. It's not like stakes of the city or no. much larger. It's really just him you're worried about. Exactly. He is the main focus of the film. There mm-hmm. aren't many side plots. Um, solid cameos. Mike Francesca, Francesca is like a mm-hmm. bookie, which is funny. It's in a restaurant. But I would I gave it like a very good, I think, um, I just don't think, people like Adam Sandler's an Oscar. I don't think so. Golden Globe? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe but a SAG? Like, maybe a SAG award? Potentially a SAG award. I think there's more of a chance for the Safety Brothers to win something. Yep. I wouldn't say Best Picture. Yep. But did along they, the way... Did they write it? I think they wrote it. 
They might have written it. I'd say probably something for uh, might be a good. It's definitely a good screenplay. Actually, I saw something today. It was like you can read um, up to. It was like there's 400 scripts from this last year that are up for nominations for screenplay. You can read them all now. Really? And like six of the comments up top are like the Saf- the uncut gems one is giving me a four or four error. Can I get a copy? And everyone's like, oh, let me go help, help you find that. But speaking of what you said about how the Revenant was felt like very Oscar bait. Yeah. I feel for me. Leo's performance wasn't really an Oscar bait. I feel like he doesn't really do movies like that. I feel everything else about the movie, how it was like, it looks like it's one shot. It's all like natural lighting. Yep. That to me felt very like, okay, this we're pushing this because we want an Oscar for it. Yep. I felt Leo's performance was more so like him. Yes, of course, he's doing like crazy things where it's like, I ate a real raw liver and like I yep. sat, in front, sat inside this horse. Like that definitely feels like Oscar baity, but that to me has always been Leo. Like he yep. has kind of been like, no, like I'll do it. Like, and not even like, even over the top, like, no, a method, I have to do this. This is him more be like, no, like, I, I, I want to do it. I want to see what it would be like. Yep. Yeah. Actually, so I just, I'm reading a book about, did you ever hear about the one Malaysia development bank scandal? No. At all? So it's basically this guy in Malaysia part of the Sovereign Wealth Fund and basically ripped them off, like a, billion, a couple billion dollars. But he, like, roped Leonardo DiCaprio into a circle where they mm-hmm. were, like, ran in the same circles at this time. At the time of Wolf of Wall Street, actually, which is mm-hmm. another Oscar-nominated film. Yep. Uh, that this guy's production company helped fund mm-hmm. so that's how they're entangled and it says that at a point they were throwing these super lavish parties that's what this guy did mm-hmm. and when Leo was in character for Jordan Belfort it kind of like played it perfectly yeah that he was like kind of method acting but just kind of shampooed it all together yeah so it's interesting you bring that up for The Revenant that movie also won no awards well it won no best Oscars act- won best actor uh yeah, Leo won Best Actor for Revenant. Yeah, that's no, I'm saying Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, Wolf of Wall Street. I was yeah. like, I'm like, no, he won. I'm like, I know that's the one. <laughs> he that definitely he won. did win once. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Wolf of Wall Street didn't, uh, but he did win. Um, Golden Globe. He won a Golden Globe for that as well. But there were five Oscar noms. They got they got zero. Damn, crazy. So, it's just it's interesting. More modern takes of things. I often wonder, like, do they get the love they deserve? Mm-hmm. It's also interesting. So the entire thing takes place when Kevin Garnett's still a Celtics player. Yeah. So the entire the movie set in like 2010, 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they come, they're watching a game on TV and they're like betting on the outcome. Um, spoiler alert there, I guess. But you know, the if you're a Celtics fan, you should have known the outcome of the game. Yeah. And they're trying to have like biting my nails. Like, oh my God, oh Wait, my God. question. Don't worry. You can spoil this for me. And uh, Spoiler for anyone else. Is this the game where they're down like by 22 points and they bring it back? Is this, no. Oh, it's not that? No. Okay. I was going to say, like, if it's that, then I definitely know what game you're talking about. Where they're down like by 20 points no. until it's third quarter and then they bring it. Oh, man. This game's like, this game happens early in the movie. So okay. it's not even like, there's no yeah. spoilers there. But All right. You're, the entire time, like, I should just know the outcome. Like, as a Celtics fan, mm-hmm. like, I should know the outcome. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't, like, I could just like go back and look like, all right, what were, like what was going on like mm-hmm. when we played like XYZ team. So it's just at that point it's so nicely tied into pop culture and modern mm-hmm. things. The weekend has a role, yep. um, which is great. I give it a solid eight. Yeah, I think I said this is an eight and a half at dinner. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I want to watch it again, mm-hmm. preferably on my own TV, and just kind of like be able to like pause it and like leave the room. It's a frenetic movie. Yeah, it's constantly in motion. Yeah, it's. Like, if you took Star Wars, we just talked about, and put yeah. that on, like, three extra, fast forward. Like, yeah, constant really? movement. Okay. And I felt like Star Wars was moving pretty fast. No, this was even faster. I'm honestly trying to think of, like, not trying to go back to Star Wars, but trying to think of, like, slow scenes in Star Wars. The Sandpit one. Uh, but, yeah. But, the, like... With the worm. But, it, yes, but even then, that had, like, a lot of tension, so it felt like it was moving. Like, yeah. oh, no, what is, is this snake gonna bite, bite them? Like, the only thing I can really think of is, like, when the, the lady is, like... 
what is your name? And she's like, it's Ray. What's your last famous name? I don't know. Oh, and it's like, that's a, no, that's not the, that's when they're at the first, the, the festival. Where they oh, land, right, yeah. And that's the first, like, which I just love that yeah, everyone in the Star Wars universe is like, yeah, but what's your last name? No. Who are you? Who is you? No, 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 no. Yeah, great. Your name's Kevin. That's great. But what's your last name? I, I care about the last that. name. But yes, uh, I got to watch Uncut Gems. Yeah. Yes. It's good. Definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. I like when Adam Sandler does dramatic stuff. Very rare, though. Very rare. So we have been watching The Witcher. Yes, The Witcher. I I'm finished, only up episode four. I have finished The Witcher. I really enjoyed it. I have played The Witcher 3. I had mentioned to Stephen beforehand. I've played it multiple times, mm-hmm. quotation marks, because I only get about 15% in and then have to put it down because a new game comes out and I want to play this. But The Witcher series starring Henry Cavill yep. is a Netflix series, eight episodes. Very good. Very good. It's I would say it's... If you like Game of Thrones, you will enjoy this because it's essentially in the same vein. Yeah. Asterisk, same vein. But I think this leans far more into the fantasy than Game of Thrones ever did. I agree 100%. Be- and that's, I think, its greatest strength is that it quickly, right from the get go, you're in this different world. Yeah, there's some similarities to what we know as like life, but it yep. definitely is a stranger. There are magicians, there are sorceresses, there are monsters. People are weird. People have weird color eyes. Weird devil creature that just comes out of nowhere, throws rocks at your head. Which, uh, oh, I know what, uh, I know. With the bard, yeah. Yeah, I know that. He's not a devil creature. He's he's almost like a satyr. He looks, he looks like a devil creature, and they think he's a devil, but he's like a satyr. He talks, dude. Like, that's the, once once he started talking, he's like, I'm hunting the devil, and then he started talking. I was like, that that can't be the devil. That can't be what the devil does. No, the devil isn't that guy. The devil would have a deeper voice. But, I actually took notes throughout the first four episodes I watched. Yeah? Oh, really? Like, what, are you, what were your notes? I want to know um, what your notes were. This is fantastic. This is, um... While you pull up your notes, I'll talk lightly about it. Um, I'm going to have them here. Oh, no, never mind. I won't talk lightly about so, it. So, like, I broke it down by episode. So, like, I, I figured these things would, um... Hey, if you have questions, maybe I can answer them. Well, too. I mean, no. So, I was going to say that there's, so there's that... At the end of episode one, there's that fight they have in the market. Yes. So, someone will have to kill you. You're here now? Yes. There's so much sexual tension in that one scene mm-hmm. that I felt uncomfortable on my couch alone, uh-huh. <laughs> and then he fucking kills her. Yes. And I was like, that's one way to end it. Mm-hmm. But I digress. No, that's not too bad. Um, so someone who has played the games, and I've now read up more about the books and all the lore since watching the series, because okay. even I was a little confused at some point. It's like, who's this? What's going on? It does a really good job of trying to stick true to the books yep. while also trying to take influences from the game. Because the game series follows a completely different narrative than okay. the book series. They go with their own little side stuff, which also makes sense because the Witcher series believes in the multiverse. Okay. The whole theory between that is that at the beginning of time, multiple Earths combined, and that's yep. why we have the vampires and trolls and goblins they're from different earths and they all just kind of merged okay so that's why like can do different storylines but i really enjoyed this show henry cowell gives it his all you can see that he really cares about this character yep and if you watch any interview with him you can see like he talked about how like as soon as he heard there was gonna be a witcher show he was with his agents reaching out to any producer be like how do I I want to be on the show yep, that's I want awesome. to be Geralt I want to do this already starting sword training stuff like that he like oh, wow. really pushed himself and you see that in the performances a serious show yet still has a lot of I feel great humor yep. in it like uh, Geralt says the F word here and there and like I don't think I feel each one was like perfectly used 
I don't think yeah. there's ever like, oh, he's just swearing the swear. I feel like each one was within character. It fit the moment. It was it was the joke. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't like kind of like Marvel jokes where it's sometimes you're like, all right, guys, like you're kind of deflating the the moment. But I mean, Jared's already a meme just with like the word fuck. Yeah, and, and a, <clears throat> a lot of <clears throat> yeah. stuff like that. People like, but really enjoyable show. Cinematography, I think, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Acting across the board, it definitely. We were lightly talking about this, and this is a spoiler now for anyone listening. The main characters have different timelines. They all will meet eventually at one point throughout the series, but yep. you don't know about that until about episode four where you are, where you learn that all the stories are happening at different moments in time, yep. which I thought was just a fantastic way to use the books and how to work around that. Because all the characters are different ages. Some have lived for much longer because they have the ability to live longer because of yep. being either a witcher or a witcher. Magic. Which, yeah, magic. I should have just said that instead of <laughs> witcher, witcher, but that's two different things in this series. But I thought that was such a great aspect that you don't see in a lot of series where it's like, okay, we're going to have multiple characters, multiple timelines, and you won't really know until about halfway through that they're all happening at different times. Which I thought was pretty cool, because I, I, I went in the impression, like, okay, we're just, we're just swapping viewpoints mm-hmm. on the same timeline. There's not really any, like, in the medieval time, there's not enough changes to be like, oh, okay, now I know we're in a different timeline, things yep. like that. And it also made sense because, like, you know, you're in episode three, and we see, see in episode one, the city has fallen to invaders. You're like, yeah. why is no one, like, acknowledging this? And you're like, oh, well, it's in medieval times. Like, you know, they don't have internet, so you wouldn't know maybe this town got invaded. Yep. So, like, that's that was probably, like, okay, that's probably why no one's mentioning this. But then you learn a few episodes later, like, oh, that's because that's actually 12 years in this person's future. That's why yeah, they haven't they're not going to know. Yeah. She calls the guy Rat Boy. That's the funniest part. I know. That was, Rat Boy? Where are you, Rat Boy? I didn't know your name yet. But I, don't, I don't eat those. Yeah. And then two seconds later, wait, <laughs> I'll have a bite of your rat. Yeah. Oh, God. I just, yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, I think, it's, I think it's a great show. I think I'm not super into the medieval genre. Like, I never got into Game of Thrones. Yep. So, like, well, same. I never cared for Game of Thrones. Okay. So, see, like, you, like, being like, hey, like, give it a shot. I had to, like, get into it. Mm-hmm. And by the fourth episode, I was like, all right, I'm rocking into this. There are some, like, slow scenes for me mm-hmm. that I was like, all right, I might check my phone. But mm-hmm. crux of it was, you know, it does keep you engaged across the board. Yes. I will say, weakest part of the story for me, and this is a light spoiler for you, series side of the stories yep. is probably the weakest. Okay. Because nothing really happens. Her character goes through some changes, but her changes are more so, like, waking up air quotes to her royal status of being like oh the world isn't so peachy keen yeah that's kind of her arc otherwise i think the show is great because you have two real main characters of Geralt and yennefer who have real arcs within the story yeah but i'm looking forward to the next season which isn't going to be till like 2021 they say which is already that it does make sense i'm hoping the next season they have like 10 episodes maybe a little bit more the eight episode just felt so like ooh, short and like yeah. yeah I remember because I think I stopped after the fourth episode, like on that first night, and be like, okay, this is a good place to stop. And then be like, oh, there's only four more episodes after this. Oh, okay. Fuck. Okay. No, seriously. I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I'll only watch like two episodes tomorrow and then like do the last two back to back. That's the tough part. Have you ever watched a show and like on Netflix and you find out they, they didn't renew it for a second season or anything like that? Sirens. Okay. It was a show on USA. I remember Sirens. Okay, yeah. And I found it on Netflix and I started watching it. And if anyone listening, Honestly, if it's still on Netflix, watch the show. It's hilarious. Funny show. It's really funny. It's just about paramedics in Chicago. And, like, it's hilarious. And I remember I finished the second season. I'm like, oh, like, and I, then I said, I was like, okay, there's no more season. And I went online and be like, when's the third season on USA? And it was like, the show's been canceled. And I just was like, oh, my. I was actually hurt because it's, yeah. it's a really just like, it's, 
it's like Scrubs is honestly the best way I can kind of describe it in the same sense of humor, but it's just, it's such a really good show. It's, it's like Scrubs, Psych, like most, like mm-hmm. all those USA shows that yeah. just like, funny, some serious yeah. aspects. And a Boston comic legend, Lenny Clark is in the show, he plays the main character's father. Yep. Which, it wasn't until like the third time, I've watched this sh- series multiple times, it wasn't until like the third time watching it that I go, that's Lenny Clark. Yeah, and then I was like, "Oh, I think it's next time I see Lenny to be like, hey, Lenny, I, w- I finally watched Sirens, and then go, oh, what? Ah, you, you, really, someone watched it. <laughs> yeah, but oh, man. now we can just talk about Sirens. I could, well, uh, so it happened to me recently. Mm-hmm. I watched so there was the animated show. I believe it's Tiffany Haddish. Um, Haddish. Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. Uh, yeah, it's Haddish. Steve Yoon and Ali Wong. It's called Two Grim Birdie. Mm-hmm. Animated show like. Classic, just like animated, adult animated content. Yep. And it kind of just covered all these things on like an adult basis, but like in like a bright light. You know, there was some like positive sex things covered, positive like harassment things. Super great show. And then I finished it with um, my girlfriend, and it was no more seasons. Yeah. Like, that's coming out. And I was like, oh, that's great. Terrific. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got so invested in these mm-hmm. cartoon birds. Yeah. And I have nothing. That's kind of like uh, the Castlevania animated show on Netflix, which I don't think you've watched. Yeah. You should watch it. It's okay. almost great action in it. Yep. They have confirmed there is a third season. It's been so... Like, I check it every single day. Like, do you have a trailer release for the third season? Can you give me a date on give the third season? Because the first season is four episodes. The second season is eight episodes. Yeah. And then it's just like, okay. And they're like 30 minutes each. So it's just like, I remember I watched all of it in one sitting or like one day like, this is fantastic there is a third season coming I'm like just give me a date I don't even care if you tell me it's 2022 just yeah, give me a just date just give me something to look forward so to. I can stop checking this there was one on HBO called The Brink which was Jack Black yeah um, like as a diplomat in like yeah. the eastern country I rewatched that it came out when like my senior year of college and I rewatched it recently and I was like okay this still, this still goes like it's still got some stuff in it like yep. multiple storylines kind of funny kind of like weird quirky HBO but I was like, HBO doesn't usually kill shows like that. No. Like, and all of a sudden I was like, all right, season one, done. Yeah. Or, like, I think it came out the same time as Ballers, too. And I was like, yeah, you kept Ballers, which is <laughs> fine. It's just sports entourage. Yeah. But. <laughs> maybe maybe it was Jack Black didn't want to do another one. Possible. Entirely yeah. possible. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so that's a review on Witcher. We're talking about Jack yeah. Black's break on HBO. It fucking spews sometimes. I just, it was a good yeah. show. It is a good show. I'm excited for the second season. I'm excited to finish the first one, too. Yeah, actually, so there's... Maybe this will sound, make me sound weird, but I saw this thing. It was talking about this character in the show. Her name's um, Sabrina. And yeah. spoiler, later in the season, she kind of, like, quotation, turns evil, but she's being under mind control. Yep. And someone was talking about her. I was on, like, Reddit, and they're like, oh, I really like her character. I'm like, oh, yeah, her character in the books is great. I love the scene. And this is a direct quote they said. They're like, they're like I love the scene in the books where she wears a transparent dress and goes to a ball and I just was like then I retreated and I'm like I don't know enough about the witchers so I don't know if you're being truthful or not and they pulled up they gave me a quote from the books and it's like yep she dances in a transparent dress and I was like I'm sorry to hit your glass table. I was like I'm not very much looking forward to season two <laughs> I did not expect this but now I feel like a fool that like oh there's a transparent okay cool it's a really good series but just stuff like that but um I me personally I give it a 8 out of 10 the first okay. season of witcher I won't read it yet. I'm not done. Yeah, exactly. I'll read it when I'm done. But. Yes. Alright. I can see it going towards an 8. Yeah. And you know what uh, The Witcher just passed? Number one viewed and rated show of the really? year. It beat out Mandalorian. Interesting. Yes. Which I had seen it was like critically panned. 
critics haven't been liking it, yeah. but audiences have been liking it. And most critics' problem have been that the, the timelines, that it's multiple timelines bouncing yeah. back and forth. The most egregious uh, review comes from Entertainment Weekly. Okay. The reviewer watched the first episode, then skipped to episode five. Why? They said they didn't like it. They just said they weren't getting like some of the characters and what's going on, and then they skipped to episode five, which, spoiler for you, there's like a massive orgy yep. in the episode. Okay. And they're like, oh, the show just doesn't, just then goes into a massive orgy. They gave the show an F. They rated an F after skipping multiple episodes, and people have been losing their minds because they're just like, "You're Entertainment Weekly, which is yep. a highly respected like publication, like, and this is how you review a TV Do show." You lose credibility as a critic the second that happens to you. Oh, that you do something so ridiculous! Absolutely, because I feel like because most critics that I've seen that have been like reviewing that review have yep. been like, you know what? If you don't like a show, that's completely fine. If you don't agree with it, if it's not your style, that's fine. But if you don't put the effort in to actually watch it, get an idea what you're getting into, and then review it, then the review sh- you can't consider. Yeah, it's not positive. Like you're not being objective. Exactly, because like I can to- I can see why people wouldn't like the show. If you don't like fantasy, if you don't like any of that stuff, you're going to immediately be turned off from the show because it leans heavily into it. Okay, it also leans a lot into like lore and bound in lines of like hierarchies and all these different things that are just like can be kind of boring yep but if you're investing the characters it's enjoyable but if you're not gonna put the time if you're gonna watch one episode then skip four ahead and then think everything's gonna make sense then that well that doesn't even make sense exactly so I just love everyone's like yeah no we're not considering your review that's an count your review is flawed yeah and more and the person's like upset in the review like oh and in episode 5, there's a massive orgy that I just didn't understand where this was coming from. And I'm like, first off, no one knows where an orgy comes from. It just kind of happens. That's how orgies happen. And second off, who's complaining about an orgy? Oh, I had to watch a scene where there were tons of naked people on screen. Oh my god, I hated it. <laughs> no comment. Oh. <laughs> Did you review? Are you the reviewer for Entertainment Weekly? Is that no, what? thank god. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, no. But I give it an 8 out of 10. Alright. Alright, we'll see when I, get, when I get back. But... We have an important supper on our hand for this week. We it's do. Wild Card Weekend. It is Wild Card Weekend. And the Pats are playing Wild Card Weekend for the first time in like a decade. Just about a decade. Slightly I, concerning. Yes. I had seen earlier today the, the only teams that have not performed or played in Wild Card Weekend in the last decade were the Browns, the Buccaneers, and the Patriots. And now we're in it. Now we're in it against the Titans. Which, Mike Rabel, former Pats coach. Yep. Interestingly enough. Not Pats coach. Pats coach. Pats coach. Former Pats player. He didn't coach for the Pats at all either? I don't believe he coached for the Pats. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he was just a player. Interesting. Yes, yes. But it's going to be interesting. Could this be the end of the dynasty? I don't think so. No. But I have my concerns with them going very far in the playoffs Mm -hmm. this week. I believe it was, I want to say it was Deion Sanders who said like the Pats needed this. like Needed the bye week? No, they needed to play. Yes. He's like basically... They've been like, they cruised in the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. Yep, we did. They haven't been like grinding it out. And he's like, they need this to either, like, to put up or shut up. Like, this is the time of the season where it's like, all right, really, can we do this? Or are yeah. we just fucking around? Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's nerve-wracking. Cause this, because this Because it could be the end of a dynasty. There's a, I We were speaking earlier during dinner that I feel if we get knocked out against the Titans, this could be where Braden announces. I might go to a different team. Yep. But I feel if we go to the AFC game, if we make it to the Super Bowl, then that's where we're in that 
teetering the like, precipice really yeah where he can be like maybe I'll go another season maybe I'll retire if we go to the AFC or the Super Bowl there's no chance in my heart that he'll go to a different team that's, yeah. that's immediately not taken away but if we lose Saturday that's when it's like I don't think he can go anywhere but what if he does go somewhere we had spoken about it like what team like yeah where really, do you go where do you go I feel anything that's taking him is taking him more so they're like this will bring in tickets like people will buy tickets to see Tom Brady play for us yep. so I was saying I'm like but would they really because how many teams hate us how many like, oh the Patriots of course the Patriots yeah I hate the Patriots so there's like, like just imagine like he's not gonna go to Oakland like no. and Oakland's not gonna be like having banners of Tom Brady's now with us they're gonna be like what screw this guy I don't know I don't want to move to Vegas yeah exactly exactly though of course he'd never go to Oakland his I think his if he's going anywhere I think his bets are like Chargers in L A yeah um maybe like we had spoken to like maybe Philip Rivers would go to the Colts. Maybe Tom could go to the Colts, but even then, that's like the there's only, yeah. honestly I can only think he'd go to the Chargers. That's the only team that I think that so he's like could. hometown pride kind of deal. Exactly, but even then, it's just like ugh. Yeah. just it just puts a bad taste in my mouth, and I hate it. But, I think I don't think the Titans are going to be that much of a problem. No, but they're they have a good O line now. Yeah, exactly, they have a good O line that can travel, and they're they're definitely more so just going in. Like they're not looking like we're going to win the Super Bowl. They're probably just more like. We're going to take the Patriots out of the contempt. That's probably yeah. all they're playing for is get the Patriots out. I can see that. That would make sense to me. Yes. Because I don't see – if somehow the Titans made it to the Super Bowl, I don't – whoever they're going up against in the NFC, yep. they'll demolish them. Because the, the NFC has been fantastic this season. And mm-hmm. it's, so the NFC is probably going to be either Saints, Seahawks, Packers, or 49ers. And 49ers are looking so good. Yes. And that's that's another – that's my other fear with this Wildcard weekend is that – if we make it to the Super Bowl, whoever we're going up against is going to be, be great. If they're going to be great. They're going to be difficult. If we go up against the Seahawks, Marshawn Lynch is back. And he's not definitely not running as fast as he was back no, in the day. No, but they'll still run it on the one-yard line now. Well, no, not who knows because, I mean, they went up against the 49ers. One-yard line, they did not put Lynch in. They put um, Howlitzer or something like that. That's his last name. And he did not make that one-yard run. The 49ers stopped him this last week. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So they still don't know what to do with Marshawn Lynch at the one yard line, but Seahawks—that's scary. They're, Russell Wilson can run run the ball. 49ers, Garoppolo is killing it, and he yeah. can do almost pretty much anything. He's not the best runner, but he has a cannon. Aaron Rodgers with the Packers—they're doing just—they're—they're they're who they are. Yeah, they're the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is—I'm uh, using this not in a derogatory way, but like Tom Brady light. A little bit, yeah. Where, like, he's kind of, he's a clutch player, but, like, to, he hasn't had as much of a record as Tom has. And then who was my fourth option? Saints? Yeah, the Saints. Saints are, yeah. and Definitely a good team. Definitely a good team. Definitely a good team. Breeze is, he's, he's ripping and roaring for another, he wants that win. It's, the ripping and the tearing. Especially considering last year they got a horrible call, which then kept them out of the Super Bowl. Which true, the, very true. The Rams. It's a, yeah, it's a tough road. Do you foresee so hypothetically a win mm-hmm. Saturday night by the yep. game Saturday um, the fourth at like eight fifteen p.m. Yep, Saturday night game bugs me, but also great. Mm-hmm. Great for going out. Yeah, going to Arrowhead. Yeah, against the Kansas City Chiefs again. I think it's again. Is it, it, would, again? it would be again because well because we faced them for the AFC in last. Arrowhead. Yeah, I feel confident against the Chiefs. 
Patrick yeah. Mahomes hasn't been the same that he was last year. Okay. I don't think his, his knee in, injury is really like that is what the reason why the Chiefs haven't been doing that great. I think yeah. that was more just kind of like that was a hiccup for a couple weeks for them, but I don't okay. think that was. But I think we still have a solid chance against the Chiefs simply because um, uh, Reed. What's his? Is it? Is it? Andy, no, Andy, is it Andy Reed? Andy Reed. Thank you, Andy. I, I remember it was Walrus. Andy. Walrus. I can't remember if it was Andy or Andrew, and I didn't want to. Be no, like, it's Andy. And I didn't want to call him Andy and go. The chain. He's not a child. His name is Andrew. Um, I call us. Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, he's a fantastic coach, but I, there's some. Uh, he like, consistently kills it in a bad way. Um, like. like he murders his timeout management. Yes, I was gonna say because I was watching something with Belichick and Brady where they're talking about him. Where yep. they're like they're like, you know, you just watch him, and if you watch him, you'll know what's gonna happen next. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think that's where we kind of have the benefit of. He's not like he is a fantastic analytical mind of football. He knows how to yep. read plays, but he's not gonna be like, okay, we got two minutes. What are we gonna do? Like Brady, I think alone. Like, you put the ball in his hand two minutes, he'll be able to figure out what he has to do. Yeah, not 27 seconds like last week. We don't need to talk about that. I'm we still don't. angry. Though, I went into that game not not expecting a solid win. Because I always... The Dolphins, we always always underestimate them. But the yes. second game, the last two years, they've beaten us. But more so, I'm always like, you can't underestimate the Dolphins late season. Cause no, because they're, like, they're like the fun killer. Exactly. But more so, like, the beginning of the season, they get their asses whooped. Yeah. So by the end of the season, they're like they're less trying to like win anything. They're more like we just don't want to look as crappy as we've been looking. Mm-hmm. And once again, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a fantastic quarterback. He just has never had like a great enough team that like has really been giving give him anything. It's true, yeah. But like when you watch him, like I saw him a couple times in this last week. Like he's running the ball. He's like whipping it in between players. That like last he, I was when I was watching that game. I was like, no, they're gonna give us a run for our money. Like they're Agreed. because once again, I think. When, for Pats people, I think at this point in the season, teams become less. We're trying to be, make it to the Super Bowl. It's more like let's knock the Pats down. Well, let's knock any team you're going up against down, right? That's like yeah. And I think, but I think teams like I beg to differ on the idea of like just going after that one team. But I yeah. think it's like it's kind of it's probably on, it's probably known in the locker room like hey, we're probably not going to make it, but let's see what we can. What, what damage can we do along the yeah. way? Or at least show people what we're about. Yeah, a lot of stuff helps at this point. Like you're you're gonna, if you're in the playoffs, you're going to have a like a a high draft number, yeah. right? So you're you're not you just need to like build and be a better cohesive team to then add a new player. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the draft yes. and uh, wild card weekend means that we've been left with teams out of playoff contention. And as we all know by the gods at HBO, if you're out of the playoffs for two years, among other stipulations that I currently mm-hmm. forget, we have a list of teams prepared for hard knocks contention, which is my favorite time of the summer. Yes, not really, but uh, it brings. Last week of August, second last week of August, my heart gets a little bit warm mm-hmm. with heart knocks yeah. in it. So I'll read you the teams. Yep. We can have a little vote. Not solely about the quality of the team right now, but mm-hmm. kind of who who could be in hard knocks. Yep. I have the actual the eligibility qualifications right here. Okay. So the team hasn't made the playoffs in either of the last two seasons. Yep. The team does not have a first-year head coach. Okay. And the team hasn't been on the program at any point in the last 10 years. Okay. And the program being hard knocks. Yes. Yep. Okay. You gotta wonder at some point they'll run out of teams with that kind of mentality. You think, but I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up doing like one year a team back to back. It's possible. Like, especially if it were a team. Like, no, because you can't be on the last ten years. Oh, you you just yeah you just said that. Yeah. We'll see because then my stipulation is gonna be like if it's a team who like during that off season like like oh man they're killing it they have the best roster and like 
three, four games into the season, they're like four and zero, and like, oh, they're gonna, do, and then they everything falls apart. Then you go back. Then it's like, oh, yeah, let's go back. Like, let's go back to the Dolphins. Let's see, like, yeah. what happened. Like that to me is, but you just said they can do. They'd find some way. Like, if they ever get to a situation where like, the only teams available have been on it, like last five years, they just be like, screw it, let's put let's put the Dolphins back in. Yep. So this year's list: the yep. five teams that can appear on Hard Knocks in twenty twenty. Yep. Pittsburgh Steelers, uh-huh. Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. the Jaguars, mm-hmm. the Arizona Cardinals, mm-hmm. and the Denver Broncos. Who say the two after the Steelers again? I'm sorry. So start on the top of the list. Thank you. Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. Detroit Lions, yep. Jacksonville Jaguars, yep. Arizona Cardinals, uh-huh. and the Denver Broncos. I'm thinking you're more than likely going to get the Lions or the Jaguars. Okay. They seem like two teams that would be willing, very willing to have them, especially the Lions. Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia. Um, and just, in no disrespect to them, but they haven't had the best record in last no, year. So I think this would be a great way to like pump up their numbers. Uh, Jaguars are also another really good option with, um, what's his name? Blake Man- Bortles? Uh, no, what's Manchu? Manchu, what's his name? The quarterback? Oh, Gardner Minshew. Minshew, yeah. Like, he's kind of, like, popular, so it makes sense to do, go with him. And Nick Foles now, essentially, he's not their starter. I don't know if he'll even be on the team next year, which is, like, another big thing. True. Um, I would love to see the Steelers on there. They seem like they'd be a really good team. But that seems like the best team. It seems like it would be the best to watch, because yep. this is definitely, this would be a year for them to, like, rebuild. Is Ben coming back? If not, who's in their starter? They're not going to go with what's-his-face, who's getting hit in the head with helmets. <laughs> Um, whose name I can't even think Mason of. Mason Rudolph. Thank you, Mason Rudolph. And their other kid, Hodge, who is doing okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, not okay enough that they didn't make it to the playoffs. They seem they definitely would be, like, a fantastic team to have. With have James Conner with his backstory. Mm-hmm. And then you also have Ryan Chazier coming back mm-hmm. and, like, participating yep. you know, with the team after his injuries. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And just a team with enough of a history and dynasty behind it that would be a lot of fun to essentially watch them rebuild and hopefully then go for something big. But I feel like they're probably going to be the ones who are like, no, we're not doing this. We're the Steelers. We we don't show everything off. So I think it's going to be the Lions or Jaguars. I'm ignoring Broncos. because I literally don't know enough about the Broncos this yeah. year to say the Broncos. And I even said to you earlier, I'm like, I forget about the Broncos every single day. Yeah. Because we were saying, like, this year, beginning of the season, we have Joe Flacco four games in. Joe Flacco's out. And it's like, oh, cool. Like <laughs> I just remember, like, Trevor Simeon and then the quarterback that before him. Tim Tebow. That's Tim Tebow, that's right. And then Peyton Manning. They paid a guy a bunch of money and then he didn't do anything. Who, like, Tim Tebow? No, after Tim Tebow. Peyton Manning? No. The, well, it was Peyton Manning after Tim Tebow. Was it? Yeah. Peyton came in after Tim. Because then Tim Tebow went to the Patriots for a very brief time. Do you remember that? Yes. For like, I think it was like two weeks. And I think I think the only reason he was on the team was because Belichick was like, I want to put Tom on his toes for a couple of days. I just want him to like work Just hard. an attempt. All right, yeah. so Brandon Allen is their current current quarterback. For the Broncos. Previously Joe Flacco. Yep. Previously Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. Previously Paxton Lynch. Mm-hmm. Previously Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. Previously Brock Osweiler, who they gave a bunch of money to, I'm pretty sure. Oh, my God. That, we haven't even had the Peyton. And then it was Peyton Manning. Okay. Then it was Chris Sims. Then it was Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Tim yeah. Tebow before Peyton Manning. I think Chris Sims before Tim Tebow. But I think, well, yes, because... Tim, I think, was Chris's backup. Jay Cutler briefly played for the Broncos. <sighs> 2006-2008. Yeah. There's too many. What the fuck? Yeah. But I think it would be probably Lions or Jaguars. I think those are our two best bets for teams that would accept. And who's the fourth team after? There's Broncos, Jaguars, Lions, Steelers, and you said someone else. Cardinals. Cardinals. 
Actually, you know, Cardinals maybe. Cardinals could probably do it because they're that kind of secret team that's like we're good, but we're not great. Yeah. But like we could definitely we want to keep our secrecy, but we would like put ourselves out there to get some like more notoriety. I think so. I think any of those teams would. I just agree with what it says. I think the Steelers will want like to be seen mm-hmm. in their current state. I think it's like one of those things where they're right for the opportunity to like let's build up a, like a bigger national view mm-hmm. of the team. Because like these these teams like Jacksonville and stuff like that, they're always on teams similar to are always on Hard Knocks, Buccaneers, yeah. Browns, yeah. like stuff like that. Who was Hard Knocks this year? Um, it was Raiders. Yeah. Was the Raiders? Yeah, which is great. So I picked my tight end for my fantasy team. Shout yeah. out to uh, Waller. I forget his first name. This is brutal. Wow, um, good job. Yeah, I'm butchering this segment. I know. Um, Darren Waller. We'll go with Darren Waller. Yeah, I'll go with Darren Waller. That's fine. Yeah, um, that's how I picked my tight end. Uh-huh. I watched Hard Knocks. They yeah. did the entire like bit about how he <laughs> overcame addiction and brought it all back. And was a great player. Did yeah, amazing. No, yeah, no, that's good. But yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put I'll put my money down right now and say uh I'm gonna say Jaguars I'm gonna put my money okay. on Jaguars Jaguars yeah all right who you pick someone I'm going Steelers you'll go with Steelers yeah hundred <sighs> percent it's gonna end up being the Steelers just because I'm like no they won't do it but will it that's that's yeah. like the big question for me it's like will they actually like will they want to have that kind of at the same time I think having hard knocks is like a negative yeah kind like, of they're like oh you guys are on hard knocks it's like that's so cool from like a fan perspective. Mm. But the crux of it, your training camp has been hijacked by cameras. Yeah. And though I'm trying to think of, like... I'm trying to think of any team that was on Hard Knocks that had, like, a great season that year. Like, I'm trying to think. Was Kansas City even in... I don't think they were in it any year. But I feel like... Let's double check. Yeah, but that's the only thing I'm trying... Like, are there any teams that, like, we were on Hard Knocks? And not that it's, like, Hard Knocks is a plus. They help us with our game plan. All right, so, starting from the top. Raiders, Browns, Bucks, Rams... Texans, Falcons, Cincinnati Bengals, Dolphins, Jets, Bengals. Bengals, Bengals, that was twice in 10 years. Yeah. Um, Maybe they didn't have that stipulation yet. And then it was, hold on. Oh, wait, wait. This this goes to from 2007 to 2002. There must have been a jump. But it goes Bengals, Cowboys in 2008, Chiefs in 2007, Cowboys again in 2002, and then start with the Ravens in 2001. Maybe Hard Knocks during 2001 and 2002 wasn't. Hard knocks as we know it today. It might have been like a one episode, like mini series of like, here we are going to watch the Cowboys practice. Yeah, yeah. Which we were talking about that Cowboys. How is Jason Garrett still has a job at, at this moment of recording? Jason Garrett still has a head me, coaching job. Allow me to confirm, please yeah. hold. Uh, if if something happened in the time between our dinner and now, I'd be shocked. But yeah, at this moment, Jason Garrett still has a job with the Cowboys, who have who are supposedly America's team, the Cowboys. Jerry Jones puts all his money into uh. these boys. And yet they can't do anything. And let's see. Um, he, he's 100 percent still the coach as of right now. Yeah, there's nothing saying he's been fired. I'm yeah. like looking for like Adam Schefter tweets, like Rapport tweets. No, he's still he's still with him, and it's just insane to me because like Dak Prescott was like, I'm not going to renegotiate my contract because I'll do so good this year. They'll have to give me a 40 million dollar contract. No, man, you're getting like maybe. I love that I'm about to say this. No, man, you're really getting thirty million. He still will probably get thirty million dollars for the season, but probably the Cowboys couldn't do anything all year. They're supposed to, they were supposed to be this is supposed to be their year. Um, and it didn't work out, and yeah, it's definitely not working. Out. I'm just scrolling at this point trying to find fine. something. But yeah, I can't. I that to me is still like I can't believe Jason Garrett still has a job. All right, hard bit of trivia for you. Mm-hmm. 
2007, mm-hmm. Hard Knocks was the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. Who was the narrator for that season? Samuel L. Jackson. Paul Rudd. He is from Kansas City. Is he? Re- okay. He's a, and he's, uh, yep, I know he's from Kansas City because I know he's a big uh, Kansas City Royals fan. Okay. And I know him and Eric Stone Street from Modern Family. Yep. Him and a bunch of other Kansas um, Kansas City like comics and actors, they do a giant charity event every year. I know oh, that. that's awesome. And this last year, I know he Paul Rudd had a Captain America shield signed by like everyone that's been in Marvel. That's okay. which I was just like, how much? How much? I'll pay. Can I bid? Yeah, like I'll bid. We got a blind bid in. You, know, I like Paul Rudd. I can't imagine him narrating. I kind of want to go back and find an episode just to check it out. Do you know who the rest of the narration is? Is it always like what, the same person? From 2001 to 2002, and then from 2008 to present, it's, it's been one person. Oh, hi. Okay, no, I don't... Um... Lou Schreiber. Good. See, that's a good narrator voice. Do you know what he narrated recently? Another HBO documentary. Uh, Finding Neverland? Belichick and Saban. Oh, he did that? Oh, yeah, you're talking about yeah. okay. So he must be their guy on call at this point. Well, because he definitely has he has a good voice for narrating it. Like it's hard times. I don't even tell it's him, mm-hmm. and I don't watch much of his stuff. I know like Ray Donovan. I've probably seen a couple episodes, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, I couldn't even tell until I saw the credits, and it was like Lee Schreiber. And I was like, oh, Liev, Liev, Liev Schreiber, Liev Schreiber. Yeah, thank you for correcting me. Not a problem. I just want I only know that because he was on like Colbert recently. And he was like, is it Liev or Liev? And he's like, it's like Chicken Kiev. And he's like, all right. <laughs> So Liev, yeah, but um, you know what? Now I'm actually, I'm, I like him. He's a great person there, but now I'm upset that they don't like have a guy from the area every year like narrate. That would be interesting, but logistically, it probably is tough. That and I just I wonder if it's like it's but like he sets the tone for Harvest. So you hear his yes, voice, and like absolutely the intro, mm-hmm. and like the music. It all kind of ties together. It's still like it's like watching David Attenborough. For Planet Earth. Yes. No, like I, every episode you're getting the same beat and same mm-hmm. like syntax and fluctuation. Yep. That if you swapped it up into someone else, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. I think you'd pick up on it. I can understand that for sure. Um, this is completely different, but just going to talk about celebrities. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, instead of celebrity first pitches, what if it was celebrity last pitch? <laughs> Bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, and here's Danny DeVito. <laughs> I'm going to be right. I would love that. All-star game. Oh, only for the all-star game. Yeah, for sure. And the final pitch? <laughs> Betty White. Okay. And the final pitch, the thumbs up emoji. Yeah. Oh, man. But, um... Oh, that's interesting. But now that you said that, yeah, it keeps a tone for the show. Because, like, if you had, like, Cincinnati, I don't know who's popular in Cincinnati for celebrities. It's like... I have no idea. <laughs> um, Andrew Reynolds from Book of Mormon and Girls. Um, yeah. But it's it's yeah, Hard Knocks is great. It is. That's a good show. Now now I just gotta watch Paul Rudd narrate. It is. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna probably hop on HBO tonight and try to be like I'm gonna bed listening to Paul Rudd talk about the 2007 Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> they were good. They were good. Yeah. I can't do a Paul Rudd impression. That's my my one uh, stipulation. But um, yeah, I saw the new Rider the other day. Yeah, I won't do Paul Rudd impersonations. Yeah. Okay, so I have the I said Jaguars. You said Steelers. Steelers. Okay, so when will we find out that? I actually have no idea. People keep saying Mike Tomlin might leave, which that seems great. That's even better. Well, no, because if he leaves, they, then they can't. First year head coach. They, they stipulation. But people were saying like, he would be great for the Cowboys, which I'm just like, well, first off, like, I don't think he'd want to leave the Steelers. Like, he's had success. He's, had, he's definitely had success Super Bowl. there. Yes. I think he wouldn't want to leave just because, like, 
I, I, part of me feels like he's probably at a point now where it's like, I want to see what I can do with this team going into next season. Yeah. Do I am I keeping Ben? Is Ben really just going to be more like a, like a, a extra luggage I have to carry now this yeah. season? I think he's probably this season. Like I'm going to use this is my this is my deciding season. Of like, I would love to see them cut Ben Roethlisberger in training camp. Absolutely. It's one of those classic like rookie montages, but it's Roethlisberger. That would never happen. They would keep him on all season. They my if he doesn't come back starter right away, they're keeping him off. They're going to do a lot like what they did with Eli this season, where it's like, yeah. where it's like, no, we're going to have this guy. Like maybe on game three, like we'll have the other guy start, and then you know by game six we'll know who's our starter. If I were Ben, you know, actually, kind of losses. You've made your money. You've made your money. You get plenty of money. Just re- retire. Mostly because for me, it's more so. It's like you don't want to then go back for next season and then not do well because then it just then it makes it all look worse. It's better yeah. to be like, you know what, I got hurt. I'm I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, and then and on a, essentially a higher note, even though the Steelers his last season didn't do well, at least he's like. You know what? I ended all my my last season. I was in playoffs. Or actually, they didn't make the playoffs because they. Well, you've got a ring, like yeah. But once again, this is from two men that don't have rings. And yeah, no, I will. Doubtful that I will ever have a championship ring from mm-hmm. any sport. Yeah, I did win a championship in intramural soccer recently. Ooh. Yes, Wait, recently. What the hell? Like, yeah, like, a couple weeks ago. Oh man, we got socks as a championship. Game. Oh wow, we got pink socks. Oh wow, that's great. I'm happy yeah. for you. Yeah, sure, yeah. why not? Um, but yeah, unless I join a coaching team, which might be great. Mm-hmm. You never know. Speaking of coaching, super side note, David Ross from former Red Sox catcher and Cubs catcher is now the manager for the Cubs. Really? Which, when I heard that, I was hurt because I loved him on the Sox, but I was like, they're going to do amazing this season now. The Cubs are going to kill it. I'm sure. Yep. On that note. On that note. Good night, everyone. (laughs) Good night. Well, actually, wait, no. Like and subscribe on Spotify. Please thank you. Please Um, and thank you. We'll be on iTunes soon enough. You can find us there. Yeah. We'll make an announcement. If you guys subscribe enough, we'll be on iTunes. Follow us on the Instagram I'm going to tell Shane to create after this episode ends. Yeah, you got to run the Instagram account. <sighs> this is how we assign tasks around here. Uh, last minute. All right. But yeah, uh, we'll announce that next episode and Shane will fill it full of <laughs> nice, tasty content for all of you. But uh, thank you for listening so far and uh, have a great week, guys. You, yeah, you too. We'll probably not be back on Saturday, but. Probably not. No. No. Next Saturday. Yes. Perfect. All right. We'll see you then. Bye. Goodbye.